Podiums, an audio exploration of climbing World Cups from previous years and previous eras. I'm your host, John Bergman. I'm glad you're here. Let's talk some comp climbing. past podiums for the eighth and last stop on our makeshift journey through the entire 2013 bouldering world cup season this is it this is the final chapter to a a circuit and a year that i think has felt in some ways older than it actually is maybe a little further in the past than just nine years ago especially when We look back at the route setting, which has looked a bit dated by today's standards, and the holds and the volumes of these competitions has lacked the variety that we're used to today, and even some of the color schemes and the paint patterns on the bouldering walls themselves has looked um, maybe a little bit tied to the 20th century and the 1990s more so than the 21st century. Of course, that's to say nothing of a lot of the big names from this 2013 circuit now being retired or at least no longer mainstays or regulars on the the World Cup tour. Think about the big names like Anna Storr, Akio Noguchi, Killian Fischuber, Guillaume Glermondé. And yet, Every once in a while on this this little throwback examination here, there have been these little modern glimmers, just the faint flickers that seem to kind of um, give it a a contemporary glaze a a, a little bit. We've seen some dynamic coordination, complex coordination moves here and there. There's been an intangible crowd energy every now and then. So it it almost feels like we can tell here in 2013 that the entire IFSC World Cup circuit is really on the edge of some change and some evolution, and more than anything, it's on the edge of a a big boom in popularity. That's, That's a little bit of table setting, but now let's get into this last event itself. It takes place in Munich, Germany, and the final round that we're about to talk about specifically happened on August 25th of 2013. So the uh, looking at the date there, the competitors have had a little bit of a break since the previous World Cup that we talked about in, in Vail. That was more than two months b- before this. So we'll have to see if anybody looks a little rusty once the action starts. Uh, the final round, it, it kicks off and you know who's back. Daniel Finn, our guy, once again, he's the commentator for this event. It's it's a nice way to bookend this season, I think, kind of circling back with him on the on the mic. So he is standing there in the Munich the Olympic Stadium, this massive building that was originally constructed for the 1972 Olympics. Daniel Finn says that the stadium can hold 69,000 people. Now, we won't, of course, get that kind of number here, but... It's a nice little goal to have for a World Cup someday. And Daniel Finn also says that Madonna and Nickelback and Michael Jackson have played there, so certainly a unique trifecta, unique guest list there. My 
my only real complaint in this return of having Daniel Finn on commentary, he does a great job, but he doesn't give us any amusing little lead-in phrase. There's no sizzle quip like he has done so many times before. No quippy linkage of German geography to the current World Cup or anything like that. All he says is, quote, It's going to be exciting. Welcome to Munich. Welcome to the Olympic Stadium. And welcome to the final IFSC Bouldering World Cup of 2013. That's a totally fine opening, but, you know, come on. I wanted the sizzle from Daniel Finn. That's what we know him for. Regardless, Daniel Finn runs through our finalists, and he's joined by Jonathan Partridge on commentary. And the start lists for the men and the women look like this. The six men finalists are Sachiyama and Rei Sugimoto from Japan, uh, Michaela Shalajin from the Ukraine, uh, Rustam Gelmanov and Dmitry Sharaputinov of Russia, and Thomas Tophorn of Germany, who is described as, quote, the hope for Germany, of course, being the, the local finalist. And there are some new names in there, right? Sachiyama's in there, Rei Sugimoto's in there. So we'll have to see how they do. The women finalists, Dinara Fakritinova of Russia, Petra Klingler of Switzerland, Melanie Sandows of France, Katharina Sarvine of Austria, Alex Puccio of the USA, Shauna Coxie of Great Britain, and if you're counting along, you'll know that there's, there's seven names here, and Anna Storr, that's seven finalists. So the reason there are seven finalists is because there happened to be a four-way tie in the semifinals for fourth place. So basically you have a, a first, second, and a third finalist, and then you have a four all tied for that fourth place spot. They don't do count back at this time to qualification, so all four of those tied women get a spot in the finals, bringing that grand total of finalists to seven. There's some new names in there as well, Denara Fakratinova. Melanie Sandos among them, so we'll see how they do. To the boulders here, we'll start with women's one because since there are seven women finalists, you get one woman coming out to climb totally by herself. We're not, the camera's not cutting from the man who's climbing to the woman who's climbing. So Dinara Fakratinova comes out and climbs first, and I gotta say, it's, it's really nice being able to just focus on her and not having to dart our attention back and forth to to what the man is doing and then what the woman is doing and keep track of all that having uh it's nice not having a man and a woman climbing at the same time here so just because of that quirk of having seven women finalists we get to enjoy just completely being focused on one climber here initially Dinara Fakratinova ends up not being able to to top this boulder it's an overhang with think there's like six assorted geometric orange volumes. Uh, most of the other women come out and they cannot top this either. But of note, Anna Storr rolls through a handful of attempts and finally does end up topping it, as does Melanie Sandos. Men's number one is it's marked by a big reddish oblong sloper that the commentators call the quote sausage hold. And presumably there's a really shouldery upper section to this boulder, but the lower section ends up just being a total blockade. Nobody even gets to the bonus hold, so, and obviously there are no tops. So men's one is, is just a, a total dud. On to the second boulders. 
Uh, we'll start with men's too. There's more slopers, and, and some of them, some of the slopers can kind of be pinched as the men are moving up. It, it turns out to be a pretty hard boulder for most of the men, but Dmitry Sharaputinov, Thomas Tophorn, and Ray Sugimoto managed to get to the top, and so we start to see some early scores on the board for the men. Women's too entails a, it's got this protruding green prism volume that's surrounded by some smaller red holds, some red edges, and most notably it gets flashed by four of the women, um, Dinara Fakratinova, Shauna Coxie, Alex Puccio, and Anna Storr. So we're starting to get a little bit of clarity in terms of the leaders at this midway point in the final round. Anna Storr, she's been the only woman with two tops so far, so she sits in first place for the women. And for the men, since that first boulder was such a stopper for all the finalists, it's really the performances on the second boulder that are informing the scores with Dmitry Sharaputinov, Thomas Tophorn, and Ray Sugimoto in the lead. Men's three ends up being a, it's a run and jump across a, a trio of volumes. And once the competitors trot across those volumes, then they have to kind of jump and grab an arete to stop their momentum. It's, it's really enjoying, it, it's really enjoyable watching all of them kind of really get airborne on that last section of the run and, and then trying to su suddenly halt their swing. Everyone ends up topping it, but I still kind of like it. It's a good little crowd pleaser. Women's three involves working out of a sharp 90 degree roof and Honest Store and Alex Pucci are, are the only ones who who can manage to work kind of out of that roof section and continue to the top. So they both flash it, setting up the last boulders of this round. And with that, the last boulders of the 2013 World Cup season. Men's four is this big reach. And some men actually, instead of just reaching for it, they fully dino to it. But it's a, it's a reach out to the lip of a roof. And it is just a total masterclass by Rei Sugimoto, as uh, most of the other men really struggle on it, but Rei manages to top it. Rustam Gelmanov tops it too, but since uh, but Rei has a much better overall score for the round, which will uh, which will help vault Rei up the podium. Women's four ends up being a, a a tussle. Women are really pressing with their shoulders, almost kind of stuck sideways in this dihedral as they go up and there's some volumes along the way and the top hold you have to do a left hand press and then reach out to this really delicate small top so Alex Puccio known as we've seen previously this season known for her her power she manages to really muscle through this thing and get to the top in in just a few attempts so it's a superb performance that really caps off a superb round for Alex Puccio. Shauna Coxie comes out a little later. She takes four attempts, so just a tad more attempts than, than Puccio, but Shauna Coxie ends up topping it too. And eventually, to close out the round, Anna Store comes out and tops it in just two attempts. So the dust kind of settles, and the podiums end up looking like this. In the women's division, Anna Store takes the gold medal. She concludes this competition with four tops in the final round. Second place, silver medal, silver medal goes to Alex Puccio, who has three tops. 
And third place, the bronze medal, goes to Shauna Coxie with two tops. The men's division looks like this. Rei Sugimoto wins the gold medal with three tops. Thomas Tophorn finishes with two tops. He topped the middle boulders of the round. And in third place, the bronze medal, Rustam Gelmanov. So I'll go through a couple highlights here, and then maybe I'll, I'll go a little more panoramic and talk about the 2013 season on a whole. I will say it's, it's kind of hard to separate this Munich event from the larger story of it being the culmination of the entire season. But overall, it does really feel like something of... Um, of an announcement of changes to come. I kind of touched on this at the beginning of this episode, but there are all those names of the people that we hadn't seen yet in a finals for 2013. Dinara Nova, Petra Klingler. But beyond just seeing them in the finals, Rei Sugimoto, one of, one of those names, he actually ends up winning this thing in the, in the men's division. So that just illustrates... I think the unpredictability of the men's division that we've kind of been seeing this whole season, it did seem like it was a different man winning each event along the way. So uh, why not end in that vein here in Munich, right? I think it's, it's worth going back and watching this event just because the Munich Olympic Stadium with its size and its scope and its, there's a, this string of flags from around the world hanging across the rafters, and there's a, a really huge crowd. It really feels like a regal event, a, a major sports occasion, as it should, of course. And and so just for the venue alone, this, this thing is worth a rewatch. And I suppose panning out a little bit, some parting thoughts about the 2013 season on the whole. This was and is a really thrilling season, whether it's your first time watching it or whether it's a rewatch. It's it's really captivating, especially because Anna Store is consistently so good throughout it. We, we really get to see her dominance on full display. And I think that that's really important that people in the more current years, 2022 and beyond, I think it's important that they really realize and revisit just how great Anna Storr was back in this era. But on the other hand, because she does manage to lose that one event in Innsbruck in this 2013 season by such a narrow margin, we we kind of got this late season mix-up and we got to watch Anna Storr put together this mini rebound, a, a mini comeback of sorts after Innsbruck to ultimately reclaim her top spot. So that was was and is a good, unexpected story to the second part of this 2013 season. I think Anna Storr losing to Julie Verm did kind of set up this nice little duel between the two of them, or a rivalry, whatever you, friendly rivalry, whatever you want to call it. Um, because anytime someone dethrones a person that is that has such constancy and such eminence as Anna Storr had at this time on the bouldering circuit, it's going to set up naturally a nice protagonist-antagonist or, or antagonist-protagonist dynamic. I don't think we ever got the full payoff of that, at least not in this 2013 season, because after Innsbruck, Julie Verm only makes 
a finals in one out of the three remaining events. So we just don't we just don't get to see that duel of Julie Verme versus Anna Storr blossom too much. Now, I'll say we at least didn't see that didn't see it in the remainder of this season. Maybe we'll see it in later seasons. We'll just have to keep watching and and find out. The cliffhanger that I will leave you with as we close this out. Anna Storr came so close to sweeping the whole bouldering season in 2013. So as we look to the 2014 season, we have to ask, will she be able to maintain that top spot? Can she sweep the 2014 season? Will Julie Verm prove to have her number again? Or perhaps someone else will emerge as the new powerhouse name. We'll just have to wait and see. So that's all for now. That's all from the year 2013. Thanks for tuning in. See you soon. Real quick before we get out of here, thanks again for listening. Also, thanks to Audio Coffee for doing the music. And if you want to go back and watch the round that we just talked about, you can find it on the International Federation of Sport Climbing YouTube channel. See you next time.